and Kay Ribble is Kay Olson, sorry Kay, is going to lead us in our scripture reading. While she's coming up, if you have a Bible with you, if you want to grab the Pew Bible, go ahead and open it to Isaiah chapter eleven, verses one through eleven. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by his eyes, see, or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with the equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. On that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnants that is left of his people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Amen. Amen. can remember in um, about May of 2020, it was just some time in there, you know, everything feels kind of vague from that time. I remember I was working on final papers for school and I was also trying to balance, you know, getting a sermon ready, which felt like a paper every week as well. And all this stuff is happening in the world, you know, one thing after another, it felt like during that time related to COVID and conflict in the world. And it was so hard to focus And it was even harder to, say, read the Bible or to pray and and feel any sense of peace. I I liken it to this, as I'm writing and trying to be creative and and focus on the things that I had to do, it was as if uh, my neighbor's garage was burning down or something, and I was just supposed to sit there and just keep writing or keep praying. It was just a crazy, crazy time. It was just an intense time uh, that we all went through. I'm sure you had some kind of experience like that. Um, in some ways, that's gotten better, right? But in other ways, it's kind of intensified. There's so many things going on in the world right now that we are afraid of or that uh, create anxiety and fear within us. Uh, maybe some of the things from that time have lessened, like wearing masks and all the controversy that came from all that stuff. Uh, but now there's a war in Ukraine. You know, that wasn't happening during that time. And there's all sorts of different things, right? There's now even a phenomenon about paying so much attention to those things that are, that, that, uh, are fearful for us. Because that's the temptation, is to pay so much attention to those things 
uh, and less attention to the things that can actually bring us peace. There's actually a phenomenon that describes this if you use your phone. Right? Do you know what this is? It's called doom scrolling. Doom scrolling. Like you're so afraid of what's happening in the world or what's uh, going on and you're wondering what's going to happen next that you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling looking at headline after headline after headline of all the things that are going wrong. Like I said earlier, war, uh, climate, conspiracy stuff, divisions in our country, the breakdown of our society. All of these things can just draw our attention. Maybe in a a way where we're worried about this um, kind of possibility of apocalypse, right? All these apocalyptic events. But what's the problem with this kind of posture of learning more and more and more about the things that we're afraid of? I don't know about you, but when I pay attention to the things that I'm afraid of or that cause me anxiety, well, I start to catastrophize things. Playing out worst case scenario or uh, this concept of rumination of just thinking over and over and over again about those things. And it actually makes me way more afraid... (laughs) way more anxious, way, feeling way more hopeless than if I were to think about something else or to try and take my mind off of it, which is very hard. Let's be clear. And as Christians, we need to know what's going on. I'm not in any way saying that we should just ignore everything that's going on because if we do that, and if we say, well, I'm just not going to pay attention to anything, then it actually hurts our credibility as Christians to witness and say, yes, things are bad, but there's good news. Well, if we don't know what's bad, then how can we know what's good news, right? And of course, we know today that the good news is Jesus, that He comes to us. That's the problem with doom scrolling or excessively learning about any of the dangers is that it increases these uh, feelings within us, anxiety and maybe depression as well, a hopelessness that we are likely to feel when we're exposed to these impossible scenarios, We are caught in a cycle of being more afraid. So if doom scrolling were a thing when the Bible was written, if that were an actual thing, (laughs) Isaiah would be the book that you'd want to read. Okay, If you wanted to know what was going to go on. This is a a book that's full of a message of destruction, of consequences for sinfulness, of unfaithfulness to God, of corruption of the leaders, the pastors and and, uh, like politicians of the day idolatry, all these things is a message, a warning that God is going to let the consequences of that play out uh, for Judah and Jerusalem. So that's, there's some really dark passages in this uh, text. And then it's also filled with hope. And there's this back and forth between the messages of destruction and hope. So God was going to allow Jerusalem and, Jelu- and Judah to be destroyed but also promises to preserve a, what's called a remnant. Just the remaining few people who were willing to be faithful to God to do exactly what God wanted of them when everybody else had turned away. And God was going to start a new growth climactically through His anointed and holy one. So let me read this again. I'm going to read to you something that Kay did not read. This is an example of the type of destruction uh, that's prophet, that is contained in these uh, prophecies from Isaiah. This is from chapter 10, so just before what we read. Because the temptation is to only read this part of, oh, a new growth is going to come. Oh, it's so wonderful. But <laughs> You have to get the balance of the destruction and then the hope, okay? So it says, the light of Israel 
will become a fire and His Holy One a flame. And it will burn and devour His thorns and briars. In one day, the glory of His forest and His fruitful land, the Lord will destroy both soul and body. And it will be as when an invalid wastes away. The remnant of the trees of His forest will be so few that a child can write them down. So that's the destruction, and now here's the hope. Let me read this to you again. Out of that destruction, out of the scorched land, out of the despair that had been experienced by everyone, a shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. So then we uh, read later that God's anointed one will come into this destruction, into this really dark time. Jesus will come. We know him now to be Jesus. Jesus will come and bring righteousness and justice. That's this a passage or part of the passage in chapters four, or verses four through five. And then there's this kind of transformational peace that comes. There's all kinds of different hyperbolic or hyperbolic <laughs> metaphors that are extreme examples. Okay, that's what that means, really. A wolf shall lie down with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion are uh, fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their and their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. So all kinds of these extreme examples that basically say that the Lord's anointed one, God's chosen and holy one, is going to bring a transformational kind of peace. And what, hap- what brings that about, this is the climax of this passage, says they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full, the earth shall be full of the knowledge of of the Lord. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. So let's notice something together. Can we notice this? Transformational peace represented in all these different metaphors comes through what brings us about is knowledge of the Lord. The earth being full of the knowledge of the Lord. But it's important to realize that peace is not promised. Peace is not promised through knowledge of the destruction. That's not what brings peace or knowledge of the end times, or knowledge of the prophecy itself. It doesn't say memorize this prophecy and get really familiar with it, and then you'll experience peace. No, knowledge comes, or peace comes, transformational peace comes from Jesus, from the faithful and righteous teacher, the judge. And Jesus brings our soul, mind, and even bodies to experience peace as we learn His ways and walk in them. Isaiah tells us that we can just follow Jesus' example because we read in uh, verse 2 and verse 3 that Jesus contains the spirit of knowledge and catch this, the fear of the Lord. And Jesus' actual delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. So if we're going to fear anything, if we're going to pay attention to anything or anyone, we can be like Jesus and have a healthy sense of fear of the Lord. Fear of what's going on? Yes. 
but let it turn us to a fear of the Lord and wonder, what is God going to do? And if I'm going to fear anything, I'm going to fear the Lord. I'm not going to be afraid of these things on earth here. I'm going to be afraid of what's going to happen next, of maybe what's going to happen at the end of my life. That's what I want to focus on, not necessarily uh, all the things that draw my attention right here and right now. And Now, listen, fear of the Lord is kind of a hard thing to preach on because people don't like to think about God as a punishing God. And I don't view God as a punishing God. But we have to respect His power, His majesty, His holiness, and be in awe of who He is. And contemplate who He is and say, I'm so amazed by this God and the power that He has, yes, to destroy me, but He chooses to love me and to offer grace to me and forgiveness, unconditional mercy and compassion. So to get it, help us get a better understanding of this, I wanted to read from uh, Mark chapter 5. to Say, okay, here's a storm, here's some darkness going on in the life of the disciples. We read this at the beginning of worship. The disciples are following Jesus in a literal way. And they're traveling across a lake or the sea actually. And uh, there's a big storm that comes and Jesus is sleeping. Imagine Jesus sleeping in the, in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your darkness, and have any of us wondered, God, aren't you going to do anything? Don't you see what's happening as I'm doom scrolling here? Don't you see all the bad things that are happening? Or all the pain that I'm experiencing in life? And so the disciples wake him up. They say, don't you care, Jesus? Don't you care? It says, don't you care that we're perishing? And he woke up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This same word here, awe, is actually can be translated as fear. So they were just stunned. They were shocked. They were actually so impressed that they were afraid. And I envision that that's what it's going to be like for us when we meet Jesus. Right? We won't be able to say anything. We'll probably just fall to our knees because He is so amazing. He is so powerful. He is so holy. And we just say, oh God, I'm so sorry that I just boxed you up into this little version of you that words can't possibly contain because you are so incredible you are so filled with majesty and power friends the transformational peace of god comes through a gradual process of drawing closer to jesus especially in times of darkness gaining knowledge about who he is about his goodness and power and grace and then coming to know Him. Yes, fear is a big part of it. But our fear of God, unlike our fear of everything else that we experience in the world, instead of creating anxiety and depression and hopelessness, our fear of God should lead to a sense of gratitude and contentment of saying, wow, this God? Are you kidding me? This God is for me? and is trying to break into my life, especially in ways where maybe I've pushed Him out, should still lead us to a sense of gratitude, but also a sense of, of curiosity and, and wonder. What's God going to do next? 
What is God going to do in my life during this season that feels even harder than the last season? How is God going to break into the darkness of this time and bring new life? Which is the promise of this prophecy that we read. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Friends, what new shoot will grow from your faithfulness to Jesus? What new life? What new transformational experience? How can God use your faithfulness to bring about new life in this season of Advent? That's really what we talk about during Advent is the light coming into the darkness. God coming to us in that this is a time of us preparing our hearts to receive Him. Of being honest about our faithfulness to God. And praise be to God, we, we don't have to fear the destruction and wrath that God is not going to come and wipe out Lake Crystal. Right? I mean, that's a pretty intense prophecy. But we can say, well God, if that's if that's your posture towards sin, but instead you turn to me with love, then I'm grateful. And I want to be faithful. And I want to draw near to you so that I can experience this transformational peace. I found this to be true. This uh, peace coming through drawing near to God. Uh, And it's more of a gradual process of learning how to let go of fears, of just turning away from them and surrendering. Surrendering based on what I know to be true about myself and the world and what I know to be true about Jesus. And I've noticed that peace does not come through paying more attention to the things that I'm afraid of. Learning more about them. Whatever it would be. You know, there is a, it's important to have a little bit of knowledge about whatever's going on. You know, not to, to understand what's happening and then let it go. Say, okay, that's enough. I don't need to learn more about that. Because the question we should really ask is, how are we showing up to meet these situations? I don't know. You know, the the Bible talks about Jesus coming again. And I've thought sometimes, like on the dark, dark days, of like thinking, oh gosh, this is really not looking good. Okay? (laughs) I think, well, when when Jesus comes, do I want to be so afraid and so angry, and so anxious, and so depressed, and hopeless about everything. And then he comes and, he, and I say, well, I've really been paying attention to all the dangers. I really have a good understanding about what's wrong with the Democrats, and what's wrong with the Republicans, and what's happening with climate change. I really know it really well. <laughs> I think I would rather just say, God, I've been trusting you. I've been, I've been turning to you more and more. I've been letting my fears drive you to times of intimacy with you, of saying, I don't need to be on Facebook anymore. I don't need to be watching the news anymore. I don't need to be doing this stuff. I don't need to be complaining about people anymore. I just want to abide with you, Jesus. I don't know. That's, how I, that's personally how I want to meet. Whenever my, the end of my life comes, hopefully it's 60 well, that'd be a long life. <laughs> Whatever. You know, when I get to that point, that's how I want to meet Jesus. Is saying, God, I trust You. I believe that, that You are for my good and that You're, you're working. And I want to give myself more. I, I want to give more of myself to You. I was blessed with a professor who um, 
was meeting with me and some other students during that time, and you know, we, took, we talked about this, like, gosh, how do we, how do we lead a church right now? You know, how, what do we do? Because there's a real temptation to learn all the stuff. I mean, that's, I've shared that with you before about how I've had to let go of that desire to read the next book or you know, read the, all the articles or whatever. And it started during COVID, really, because if I felt like, gosh, I need to know everything that's going on with COVID. And then all the racial just, injustice started, stuff started happening. I'm like, oh, I need to know everything that's going on with that. And then finally I had to let it go. But my professor told a group of us at the time, he said, what I've been doing and what I encourage you to do is actually to double down on your spiritual practices. Spend more time in prayer. If you spend uh, an hour in prayer and reading the Bible, spend two hours. Not 20 minutes or not, you know, don't skip it. And I took that to heart and started to say, okay, my mo- the most important thing for me as a disciple of Jesus and as a father and as a husband and, and then also your pastor, the most important thing for me to do is to draw near to Jesus and try to then let peace flow out of me. Now, I'll be honest, I've done a really bad job of that, okay? But I'm saying, God, I I believe that you will bring new growth, that you will bring new life, that you will bring peace within my life that I could share with others. And you know when the moments of peace come? is not when I have the super mountaintop moment where everything is clear and I can see God is real. It's just when I notice the small things like, yeah, God has healed that part of my life. Or God has really uh, changed this part of me. And if, so, if that happened in the past during a dark time, I can trust that He will lead me in that again. If I draw near to Him. If I allow space in my life to pay more attention to Jesus than I do to everything else. It's hard though, right? <laughs> Let's... <laughs> Let's not say that it's uh, easy. But what options do we have? How do we, we want to live this life? That's a question that we need to ask ourselves. And I'm actually going to talk a lot about that in January. Friends, we are living in a dark time. There's no question about it. But there's also so much to be grateful for. And there are dangers, yes, And I'm sure that you have an area of your life that feels like darkness, certainly. Concerns for the details of your life or health conditions or a family member. You're experiencing grief or overwhelm, loss. So many people are experiencing anxiety and depression right now. But friends, there is hope. Not from excessive learning of the dangers but rather we can experience peace through growing in the knowledge, uh, through the Word and experience of God together. And we can feel peace as we contemplate the perfection of Jesus and gain a sense of the transformational work that He is generating within our hearts, minds, and souls. And we can anticipate the peace that we will experience as He comes into our lives anew. Amen.